What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 23 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Monday, February 22nd. Um, for me personally, this is week five of school. Uh, I cannot believe that it's been going by this fast. Uh, and it's just, it's you know, I think it comes with the, the you know, the classes that I'm taking at the moment. Um, just kind of uh, allowing each of these weeks to go by. Um, that much faster you know I have you know a few classes that are I only meet once a week and then a few more that I don't even meet at all and then I only have one class that I have to go to twice throughout the week so I think um, not going to class as much um, for me personally has allowed uh, this semester to fly by for the most part Um, I don't know how that made sense but um, it, I just, uh, it's just been the case for me. I've never had, uh, this view of classes throughout the span of a week. Um, or just, it's not that I'm not, I mean, I am enrolled in six classes, 18 units, so I am full time, but I think it's more so that I haven't really been in this, these many classes that are either one asynchronous where we don't meet or two, where I just have a two hour and 45 minute lecture uh, once a week. You know, I, I haven't really been in a lot of those classes before. So having four, um, four or five of those this semester has kind of just been um, a little adjustment for me personally. It's not nothing crazy. It's more so just, um, you know, trying to fill in those gaps uh, when I would typically be in class with making sure I am on top of uh, my schoolwork. I feel like it's so hard. Um, I mean, that's so hard. It's so easy to uh, just, you know, trying to get caught up with everything that uh, is at home and uh, all of the different distractions that may come up uh, throughout the day, um, especially with my mind. I feel like I'm always thinking. I'm always, um, you know what I mean? My mind is constantly racing. And sometimes when uh, I get stuck on something, it's hard to get off of it until I've uh, seen it through. So um, I think that's been like, uh, just something I've been trying to implement is making sure I, you know what I mean? If I was in class, um, you know, at some amount of time the past few semesters and I'm not in class that much this semester, I got to still be working on schoolwork um, for that same amount of time that I was in previous semesters and still making sure that I am exposing myself to uh these various classes and the lectures and everything else that comes in between uh when it comes to school so like i said it's been an adjustment but i think i'm getting the hang of it um but yeah i hope you all are having a great wednesday i mean not wednesday i hope you all are having a great monday that is definitely a monday thing to do um and uh let's just get into it um today actually started with a couple of music uh news one um, sort of bittersweet, I'd say. The other one, just uh, great news. I'll start with sort of be uh, uh, bittersweet as um, Daft Punk actually announced their split after nearly three decades of music together, um, which it was from 1993 when they first um, created their duo. Um, you know, they this, uh, of course, helped to find um kind of a french touch on uh what we know as house music now uh this led to their debut album coming out in 1997 which is homework um you know it was filled with a bunch of 
dance music, um, just classics, I'd say, um, you know, stuff to really just get the body going, stuff to just nod your head, want to dance, want to have fun. Um, and then, of course, that led to 2001's follow-up and Discovery. Um, and, uh, you know, this was, um, all of this was also followed with how the duo was of Daft Punk, um, you know, consistently made public appearances in their robot outfits, um, and it kind of became their trademark, you know, it really just, uh, allowed themselves, uh, to be identified, uh, faster and just, uh, kind of become a household name that much, uh, quicker as people were quickly able to tell who they were, what their duo was, um, because who, who the hell else was wearing what they were wearing. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, they, they did announce their, uh, split today in an eight minute video titled, um, epilogue. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the, for, for a duo that, um, hasn't performed since alive in 2007, uh, hasn't put on an album since 2013's Random Access Memories. Um, the impacts that they've had on uh, not only the genre of dance, uh, EDM, house music, but uh, just the impact they, that they've had on production and so many other genres has just been undeniable as you see the flood of love and uh, appreciation that they were able to experience today um, throughout the music community on all social media platforms, um, all sorts of websites. Um, you know, it's pretty remarkable what they were able to accomplish over this this long run. Um, and of course, uh, you know, it's it just it's un, it's undeniable the the influence that they've had. I mean, working with some of the greats like Pharrell, um, you know, the weekend on his Starboy uh, projects. Uh, you got Kanye West with uh, Yeezus. Um, they were able to really just expands um, their horizons in terms of, uh, you know, not allowing the industry to um, put them in a box uh, or tell them what they needed to uh, put out to be successful. Um, they really made their impacts um, in a lot of places. And uh, it's just so clearly seen um, throughout all of music's catalog, I mean, throughout their entire music catalog, um, and just all the things that they have really, you know, a hand in and a, a producer credit in. Um, but yeah, you know, shout out to Daft Punk. Thank you for all the tremendous memories. Thank you for all the amazing music moments. Um, I'm sure that both of their next journeys will be uh, phenomenal, like this has been um and yeah their legacy is cemented forever um but in other news that dropped today the good news was that bobby Schmurda was actually actually released from jail of course this comes six years after uh he was sentenced um you know he put out a statement today on his instagram saying that my team created this instagram page after my original page was hacked but thanks to my dedicated fans, I managed to get my page verified and also a million followers without ever being active. Thank you for remaining loyal and for writing for this six-year sentence out with me. I love you all and look forward to seeing you soon. Sincerely, Bad Boy Bobby. 
um it's pretty remarkable um as he even as he even uh kind of referenced that uh he's been able to still stay, stay super relevant um throughout the course of his six year um you know sentence um i think that um you know it'll be interesting to see uh what he kind of decides to do in terms of music uh, i have no doubt that he'll eventually drop something and put something out uh but i feel like with a lot of artists we see today um you know we, we kind of hear from them periodically as we did with bobby Schmurda, but i feel like he was pretty for the most part it was it was a lot of um his homies kind of you know giving information out his his family giving information out in regards to how everything was going but also when it comes down to music i, I just don't really feel like there's been much i thought i think he had a feature on something i don't know if it was like i can't remember if it was on sits nine stuff unfortunately but um he's stayed relatively quiet um in terms of music um I mean, he took the music game by storm uh, when he was out before he did get locked up. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what he ends up doing. Um, I'm sure he wants to chill, uh, just be with family and loved ones. Uh, understandably, you know, I, 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 I feel like some of these rappers that are putting out music when they're locked up, they're not. They, I don't know. I don't think there's been. I don't remember the last rapper that is. Uh, I don't know, as big as Bobby Shmurda or as many people know him and was locked up for the amount of time that Bobby Shmurda was, which was six years. So, um, you know, it's really just good to see him back home, you know, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what he has in, in, in plans uh, for his career and what he wants to accomplish um, in the years following this. Uh, but I, I, I mean, understandably, I feel like we, we got to give him time um, to really just enjoy being back home, enjoy being uh, free, really. And I, I think that's just uh, the, the right thing uh, to do. You know, I, I think that um, he deserves that at the least. So um, happy to happy to see him back home for sure. Um, and some Cactus Jack news. Don Tolliver actually confirmed that his new album title will be Load um, as this um, stands for The Life of a Don. Um, of course, this uh, he actually announced this um, when his debut project uh, from March 2020, Heaven or Hell, had surpassed 1 billion streams on Spotify. He thanked his fans and uh, gave... Gave us the title for it, um, but like I've talked about before, um, you know, Don Tolliver really broke out onto the scene. Um, I I, I want to say with Jack Boys, I mean, he if you if you have to pick an artist on that, uh, you know, EP mixtape pack, whatever you call it, um, Don Tolliver definitely stands out the most. Um, of course, Travis is Travis and. Um, you know, they're, they're, they have various features, but out of the Jack Boys uh, crew, you know, like, um, Shet West does his thing as well, but Don, there was just something different about Don Tolliver on that tape. Um, and then for him to follow that, um, you know, just a few months later, 
with the release of Heaven and Hell or Heaven and Hell, um, you know, it definitely uh, put him on the map. And I feel like he has. It, I feel like 2020 definitely was his year uh, and put him on the map um, in terms of, um, you know, getting features and really just becoming like a household name in the industry um, and re just allowing a lot of more heads and eyes to be on him when he is going to release something which seems to be very soon and right around the corner. So I have no doubt that this release will be uh, even bigger than um, any of the other releases that he's been a part of. Um, and for good reason, you know, he makes great music. It's, um, you know, it, it's it's just that time. And I, I'm very excited to see what he has next. Um, I think uh, it, that it'll be nothing um, but fire. I really have the utmost faith that Don Tolliver will deliver as he as he tends to do. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see what he, what he gives to us. Um, and of course in Travis Scott news, he actually just confirmed that the release of his seltzer cat die will be on March 15th as this, um, as today he posted a few videos and a few pictures of him at, uh, the cat die headquarters, um, you know, he was uh, shown sampling uh, the three flavors that uh, Cat Dye will be um, producing. I mean, at least for this initial launch, which is uh, strawberry, lime, and pineapple. Uh, he kept saying the best of the best. Um, you know, this these videos and pictures were captioned with landing 315. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good time to be a Travis fan. Um, it's looking like a you know a great rollout as you know of course this was first announced back in December, um, and he he just talked so highly of Cat Die talking about how proud he is and how much work it's been, um, and making sure that uh, you know he's not he's not only concerned with the flavor and getting that perfect, but um, you know on on every on everything else that comes with uh the creative process of putting out an alcoholic beverage um you know the the packaging the concept how it's presented uh trying to convey a feeling um when you open their products and when you see their products uh you can just tell that travis um you know what i mean like uh, it, you know, as we've seen so many times, uh, you know, he the details really, really matter to him. And um, he's not going to put something out that he doesn't have full 100 um, percent, you know, belief in uh, and just wanting to back it. So uh, I have no doubt that the cat diet will taste good. And I have no doubt that, you know, these this packaging and how it looks and how it's presented will be amazing as Travis always does. Um, I don't necessarily know. It does say that, you know, like I said, it'll be on shelves, you know, starting March 15th, like he said, but I don't necessarily know if that means, you know, we're going to just be able to go to, you know, like an Albertsons or, uh, you know, a, a uh, just like a liquor store and, and be able to uh, cop it or if we're going to have to buy it from his website to start. And then as, 
production and uh, supply increases, um, it'll start to gradually go into these bid market stores. Um, but I'm really excited to get my hands on some. I, I have no doubt that uh, this this drink will be great. And um, I'm, I'm excited for Travis, man. He, he just continues to uh, put his hand in literally anything and everything that he wants to. Um, and uh, it's not even a reach most of the time. He really just does his thing. And it's so amazing to see uh, the creative influence that he's able to have in so many different entertainment industries and now industries i mean you know alcohol uh the alcohol, the alcohol industry isn't even like an entertainment industry you know we're not talking about film or fashion or anything we're, we're talking about you know promoting a product uh like an alcoholic beverage um but I, i'm excited for travis i think this will be definitely a successful launch and uh march 15th can't come any sooner but moving on into some NFL free agency news, of course, one of the biggest names on the market at the moment has got to be J.J. Watts, um, of course, uh, three-time de <coughs> defensive player of the year, uh, basically the heart and, souls, heart and soul of that Tetsons team and organization uh, for the better part of the late uh, 2010s, um, you know. Um, but this man is uh, actually, for the first time in his career, doing something different and testing the market out for free agency, um, you know, and, and seeing uh, what um, is out there for him. Um, as uh, a fan the other day, actually, on Twitter asked when he d uh, will be deciding on a team, and uh, he responded with i scrolled through doordash for like an hour before i picked a restaurant man you're gonna have to give me a second to choose a new team in city um i thought that was pretty funny um just because uh with jj watt you know of course you have pittsburgh where both of his brothers already are um it seems like a right fit for him defensively as well um you know you have the browns that have been um you know probably the I, I don't want I don't know what the right word is but probably the team that's come up the most when it comes to JJ Watts uh will he join the Rams defense as well join a bigger market like LA or New York go to the Jets or the Giants but I think for when we're talking about JJ Watt we have to understand too that you know, Houston is his home at the end of the day. I know he grew up in Wisconsin, but that man gave his heart and his soul to that city um, outside of his organization. And, um, you know, it's not going to be and it's it's never an easy decision to make um, when it's when it's like that, when you when you become such a core part of not only your team, but the community and. Uh, being somebody that people look up to, I'm sure that's just a tough, tough situation to be in um, and have to make that decision and realize that you're leaving such an important place in your life, such a, a, a place that has accepted you and loved you the way that Houston loves J.J. Watt. I'm sure it's hard to come to terms with that and um, really, you know, want to have that right away as soon as you get to a new place so um, I think for JJ Watt you have to consider all those other factors on top of you know just P 
picking a new team and getting the right money situation, I, I feel like you have to realize the impact he's made in Houston. And he just, I, I just don't think he wants to go somewhere where, you know, he's not going to be like accepted and, you know, he's going to just take more money. I feel like he really is taking this free agency, you know, with, with everything and trying to really lay out all of the options and what really is in store for him in terms of if he signs with the team. So I'm, I'm excited for um, J.J. Watt to decide. I, I've always been a fan of J.J. Watt and um, just the impact that he's made on so many lives. It's just uh, without question he deserves uh, to be somewhere that's, that's a winner that's going to be competing for that championship at the end of the year. And he just deserves to be happy when it, you know, wherever he decides to sign. Um, and I, I'm excited to see to see so. Um, yesterday at uh, Cam Newton's football camp, there was a viral video that went out of a teen actually calling Cam out, um, saying that uh, he's trash and he's a bum and uh, he is a free agent. Cam Newton. Uh, responded smiling but also very confused saying that he's rich and he wants to talk to, you know he was just saying where's your dad at like he was it, it was a whole viral video that came out yesterday um, and then that was followed with another video of Cam um, you know sharing a conversation with him and trying to literally just get to the bottom of why uh, you know this man felt like he was allowed to disrespect him the way he did? Uh, he simply was asking him, "What'd you do today? You know, how'd your team do?" Um, you know, the player responded with like one and two or two and two, and everybody kind of laughed because it was like, "Why are you talking to you know me like that?" I mean, Cam Cam Newton, regardless of uh, the struggles that he may has had in the past few years, is a Heisman winner a national championship winner. Uh, he was the norm, a number one overall pick, an MVP. He has a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he is probably the the greatest quarterback in Panthers history as he does lead, uh, lead the Panthers organization in passing yards and passing and rushing touchdowns. And you're, you know, going to come at him call this man trash call this man a bum call this man all these things um and not i mean first and foremost at his own camp it's not like cam just showed up um you know and you saw him on the street and you were saying this you're saying this as a participant of his seven on seven camp and you're gonna show him that much disrespect not ask him any questions about how he's had to deal with some of the adversity of uh, you know, being overlooked in the Panthers organization, uh, being let go by them, be playing in New England with all the expectations of the world after his uh, his injury and having surgery and trying to get healthy and rehab. Talk about the grind and the process that what it takes to be a professional athlete. Instead, you're going to want to, you know, just go viral, you know, just... Uh, try to get a few laughs out of your friends and be the funny guy. It was it was just really cringy watching this video. Um, and I feel like Cam deserves a lot of respects, um, not only for his play on the field, but how he handled this situation. I, 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 I just know 
um, that not if not a lot of athletes um, would have handled this situation the way that Cam did. Uh, they would have allowed their pride and their ego to kind of get in the way of um, kind of just taking a step back and realizing that's not worth it. And I feel like Cam, from the beginning of this interaction, uh, I think he he was a little taken back, and then you you can kind of just tell he was he was just laughing. He's like, "Are you seriously like doing this to me right now? You're really like trying to start something." Um, but yeah, it was it was just pretty ridiculous. Um, of like I said, of course, Cam hasn't had the best of seasons in the past, uh, you know, the couple years. But that does not take away from the fact that he has all of those accomplishments. Um, he could retire right now and and still be talked about for years to come. Um, and you know, the fact that it was at his own camp when he's taking his time, his energy, uh, to you know put you on a pedestal and a stage for because you know at those camps there are cam you know sets up those camps and you know he has his name on it to allow these players to have an opportunity to play and get exposure because there are coaches that are there you know what i mean there are coaches that um you know are taking you through these drills at these camps um who are on the sides watching you scrimmage watching you play and it's just unfortunate that this man decided that he wanted to be the funny guy instead of um, instead of, you know, trying to really get advice from one of the one of the greats. Uh, of course, he did put out an apology this morning saying that his football side, uh, his competitive side got the best of him in the heat of the moment. But I, I feel like there's still just no excuse to talk to one of the best quarterbacks um, to play um the way he did you know i i just i felt like it was extremely disrespectful and it really just uh he really closed a lot of doors for himself without really realizing it in the moments and letting letting something just happen that really didn't need to happen um so we'll, we'll see how um you know if this man ever i don't even know his name still but we'll see if this man uh ever does make it out um you know, into a it gets gets a good nice little scholarship or makes it to the league. Um, so he could. I I feel like that's the only way he'll ever be able to justify the way he talked to Cam Noon. Um, but I I thought that was just an unfortunate um turn of events. But like I said, I feel like Cam handled it extremely well and really just uh took it in stride and uh didn't allow uh somebody that's um, is below him in terms of football, um, football, you know, just genius and IQ and play uh, to just let him get the best of him. And I think Cam won that interaction for sure. And I feel like people should definitely look to that um, when it comes to how to handle uh, people coming at you. You know, I, I feel like, um, like I said, a lot of athletes and celebrities might not have handled it the way Cam did, but I feel like that's the perfect example of what to do in that type of situation. Today also marks the day where the San Diego Padres signed officially Fernando Tatis Jr. to his 14-year $340 million contract. Of course, uh, the Padres made it official today. Uh, had a huge press conference um, uh, with uh, AJ Preller, the the GM, and um, you know Fernando Tatis taking questions from all sorts of media. Um, 
but what what a remarkable day it was for uh, for the Padres, for the organization. Fernando Tatis with some strong, strong words saying that uh, he wants to win in San Diego. Um, you know, I'm over here to put a statue right next to your dad as he was talking to Tony Gwynn Jr., um, saying that he's ready to embrace this moment and bring multiple championships back to this city that he loves so much. Um, originally, the Padres offered him a 12-year contract, and Tati said, why not my whole career? And that's how we got to 14 years. Um, AJ Preller uh, also talks about the story of when Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, and Ian Kinsler walked into their off walked into his office a week before the 2019 season and told him that you're absolutely crazy if you don't put this guy on our major league team. And um, I feel like you know the Padres not really worried about uh, anything else and all the statistics, you know, all of the, everything that comes into minor league and keeping players around for an extra year and not you know giving letting them develop. I, I, the fact that he you know, trusted uh, his instincts and put that man on the field to start in 2019. Uh, I feel like spoke volumes to Fernando Tatis, and that's the reason we're here today um, as he's only 22 and signing a 14-year contract that will, you know, uh, push him into the 2035 season um, when uh, there is no there is no trade clause uh, or anything. You know, it's still like I said, the third largest contract in baseball history. Um, you know, and and just the bid statements that Fernando Tatis was making uh, in regards to how much he loves this city and how much he wants to bring back a championship. It, it's just if you are not excited um, and you are a Padres fan, you're just weird. Um, but if you're not excited and you just live in San Diego and you don't necessarily follow baseball, uh, you should get excited. You should follow the Padres this year. I'm telling you, you will not regret jumping on this train now, uh, because it's going to take off and it is literally at the start. It is, you know, we're about a, we're all, we all just got onto the roller coaster, right? Like last year, last year we were in line, uh, and we were, right at the front of that line of a roller coaster before you are able to get on. You're just waiting for that next uh, group of people who just wrote it to come in so you could take your seats. But after today, we're on that seat, man. We're in that roller coaster. We are, you know, putting our seat thing down, making sure everything's buckled in. So we're ready to go. And I'm so excited. Um, you know, like I said, if you're from San Diego, uh, you should be excited as well because, you know, this man, Fernando Tatis, will be one of the best baseball players to ever play. Uh, he is going to be the not only the face of our franchise, but the face of baseball for many, many, many years to come. And the fact that he is going to be a San Diego Padre and he will bring a World Series back to this city is going to be so, so fun to watch. So please jump on this bandwagon now as you have the chance. <laughs> but in some NBA news, uh, all, all of the all-star um, events slash games did get announced as um, it will be an all-in-one deal as March 7th. Uh, we will see everything happen um, as coverage does begin at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's when NBA tip-off is started. And then 
uh, that will be followed with um, an hour and a half later at 3.30 p.m. Pacific time, uh, the Taco Bell Stills, um, Stills Challenge and the three-point contest will happen. And then at 5 p.m. Pacific time, the All-Star Game will start. And that halftime of the All-Star Game, of course, will be the Slam Dunk Contest. Um, it'll be interesting, man. You know, of course, they normally extend all these events through uh, the course of a weekend. Uh, so to do it all in one night uh, will be definitely be interesting, especially for the players that are competing in uh, the stills or the three-point contest and are also playing in the game. But like the Atlanta Hawks owner said, this is a made-for-TV event, so um, I'm, I'm just excited to watch it. I, I know some players are hesitant on going and uh, participating and, you know, what's the point of doing an All-Star game for, for, you know, the right reasons. But I, I guess, you know, it's you know it's here, and they, they have planned it all out. They have... Um, they, you know what I mean? They've created an agenda, a schedule that will be followed. So, I, you know, we might as well accept that uh, we're going to be getting an all-star game and a three-point contest and a dunk contest and everything else in between. Um, but, yeah, it should be a good one. They still haven't announced, uh, you know, who will be. I know Damian Lillard was the first person to commit to the three-point contest, but they still haven't announced who will be uh, in all the other events. I'm sure Derrick Jones Jr. will try to defend his title in the dunk contest. Um, and it, it'll just be fun, and I'm, I'm excited to um, have the point system break down the way it was last year, as that was probably the most competitive all-star game of all time. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it, um, and I, I know that there are plenty of other people who are looking forward to it as well. Sorry, my throat is a little dry, but um, some Friday night games, uh, some Friday night action around the NBA league. Of course, the 76ers were able to take down the Bulls 112 to 105. Uh, this saw this game saw a just a monster outing by Joel Embiid as he had a career high 50 points, 17 rebounds, five assists, four blots, two steals, and he shot on 65% from the field. Um, he uh, became the first Sitzers player with a 50-point game since 2005, where, of course, we saw none other than Allen Iverson do this. Um, and Joel Embiid also joined Wilt Chamberlain um, as the only players in the 70 Sitzers history with 50 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists in a game. Of course, the great Wilt Chamberlain did this four times, so Joel Embiid's going to have to emulate that a, a few more times to break that one. Uh, but... You know, the we we also saw Tobias Harris had a, a double double in this one, twenty two and twelve. Uh, we saw Danny Green uh, have thirteen points, five assists, and two rebounds. And on the other side of the ball, uh, Zach Levine just continues to dominate. He should be an All Star reserve for the way he's single handedly carrying this really, really, really bad Bulls team through the season. As he finished with thirty points, five rebounds, and five assists. Um, but yeah, like I said, this was all Joel Embiid. Um, you know, his, his greatness was on display throughout the entire night. The Sitzers team is legit. Um, and, and it, it, he's just unguardable. It's really, it's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. This, I, I don't know who can guard him. I don't know how you guard him, um, how you contain him, but 
Joel Embiid is a beast. He is definitely the front runner for MVP at the moment, um, and for right reasons, of course. So, what a game by him. Um, and this was also followed by a Nuggets win over the Cavaliers, 120 to 103. And in this game, we saw another 50 point scorer in Jamal Murray, as he had eight threes in this one. He was the he's now the first player in NBA history to drop 50 points without shooting a single free throw. Um, you know, he also finished the night 21 of 25, shooting 84 percent, um, and that tied the second highest field goal percentage in a 50 point game in NBA history. As of course, none other than Wilt Chamberlain shot 87 percent um, in a 50 point game before. He was also the first player to score 50-plus points with uh, 80% field goal and an 80% three-point field goal percentage. Um, him and the Joker are the third pair of teammates aged 25 or younger to each score 50 points in a game in the same season in NBA history as they joined Jerry West and uh, Rudy LaRusso La and uh, Jim Jatson and Jamal Ma uh, Mashburn um, from the Mavericks. So a lot of a lot of good company for these two young stars in Joel Embiid and Jamal Murray, as both of them also both scoring 50 points um, on the same nights. Uh, that was actually the second time this season that there have been multiple 50 point scorers um, as the last time it was Seth Curry and uh, the Joker on February 6th. And that's the first time that that's happened where mo there have been multiple games on the same day where two players uh, score 50. That's the first time that's happened since the 1962-1963 season. And the fact that it's happening with these young stars that who, who continue to get better um, as these years go on in front of our eyes, it is just remarkable um, to see, of course, that the Joker also had a triple-double in this one. Michael Porter Jr. had 22 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, but what an outing by uh, this Nuggets team. Um, you know, they, they definitely have been fighting through adversity through the first half of the season, uh, playing through injuries, playing through uh, these guys that are core pieces getting hurt. Um, but they look like they found their, their grounds. They're still currently in that seventh spot in the West, but... You better watch out for the Nuggets because there's no doubt in my mind that they can finish with the top four seed um, if they keep playing the way they have been. Another game that happened on Friday night um, was the Suns and the Pelicans facing off as the Suns were able to take this one 132-114. to 114. This was a game that saw CP3, the point god, finish with 15 points, 19 assists, and only two turnovers what a game by chris paul as he continues to show his worth his value uh just everything that he can bring to an organization regardless of what team he plays on regardless of you know the changes that he continues to face throughout his this latter part of his career um you know he's truly shown time and time again over the past few years that regardless of which situation you put him in he is still going to be him. He's still going to be the point god. Um, and man, oh man, 19 assists with only two turnovers that, you know, only few people in the NBA can do that. And actually the other night he did pass Oscar Robinson on the all-time assist um, um, NBA records 
NBA record for assists. I'm, I believe he moved into the number six or the number five spot. So congratulations to Chris Paul. Um, man, oh, man. But he's, he just continues to do it again. He, he just continues to do it time and time again. Continues to prove all these guys are wrong. Um, but, yeah, what a great addition by the Suns this offseason. Uh, they are now 18-10. and 10. And they're just looking uh, like a new team, like a new organization with that addition. So it's it's great to see. Um, Friday night also saw this jazz, red hot jazz team face off against the Los Angeles Clippers in Los Angeles. And uh, the Clippers were actually able to uh, hold them off 116 to 112. And uh, this one. Of course, Donovan Mitchell had 35 points, five assists, and four rebounds. Um, you know, we had Jordan Clarkson, Mike Connolly. Uh, uh, I don't – there – somebody else had 20. I can't quite remember at the moment. But, uh, you know, that was just uh, too little as um, this Clippers team all around played great basketball. They had six people finishing double digits. Their leading scorer was Kawhi with 29, 5, and 4. And they finally had everybody healthy in this one, so that definitely made the difference with PG and the and the crew uh, locked and loaded. Um, but the Jazz actually lost the game, which is uh, I mean it's it's good for the Lakers, but with the way that the Lakers played on Saturday nights, um, they're gonna need to be losing it quite a quite a little bit more if we still want to get that one seed, not have to face the Clippers in the semifinals and make that a Western Conference Finals matchup. Um, but like I said on Saturday night, uh, we saw the Lakers actually um, play in a Finals rematch against the Heat, and for the most part of this game, it was the Heat completely dominating. Um, you know the absence of Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder continue to be problems for the Lakers, but they did pick up their defensive intensity in the second half. Um, and they had two opportunities to win the game as Wesley Matthews came off of a screen and missed an open three. Um, and then there was a steal and Alex Caruso missed a three at the buzzer. So we ended up, the, the Lakers ended up losing 96 to 94. Uh, Jimmy Butler finished with 24. Kendrick Nunn finished with 27. Uh, Bam had a double-double, 16-10. And, um, and on the other side of the ball, LeBron, quite a quite a slow second half for him. He only had 19-9-9 and for the whole game. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was the leading scorer with 23. Um, Montrez Harrell had a double-double with 18-10. and But like I said, uh, just from the beginning, you know, the Heat jumped out to a 36-23 lead at the half. Um, the buzzer beater, I mean, not at the half, after the first quarter, and then at the half, we had a buzzer beater with Marcus Saul that put us within seven of the game, so that kind of gave us some momentum, uh, but it was, it, it just wasn't enough, um, and it seems as if the Lakers continue to have these, these, uh, one quarter a game, um, this game happened to be the first where everything kind of just breaks down defensively. Uh, there's no stops. We're not getting any buckets. Um, and, you know, I think th that's just been the storyline of these past few games, just those quarters kind of killing us. If we don't have a quarter that we're down 13 points to start the game uh, and say we're only down nine, we win that game by four, you know? So it's, it, it, it's, it's going to still take a little bit of adjustments. But like I said, in the second half uh, against the Heat, the defensive intensity definitely picked up, and it was good to see um, just – just because that was 
that was like the first time that the Lakers had kind of shown a little bit more light uh, since Anthony Davis had gone down, since we got the unfortunate news that Dennis Schroeder um, is still has to quarantine and self-isolate due to league health and safety protocols. Um, but the Lakers do play the Wizards tonight at 7. I hope this is a game that we can bounce back from, but the Wizards are coming in red hot, four straight, beating uh, great teams in the process. Uh, you know, is Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal finally starting to figure it out? I guess we'll see tonight. Um, but some other games that happened on Saturday, uh, a crazy one in Charlotte as the Hornets were able to take down the Warriors 102 to 100. If you were not watching this one, you missed out. As with nine seconds left, Draymond Green got hit with a double technical foul that put Terry Rozier on the line, who ended up tying the game at 100 apiece. And then, of course, due to the technical foul, the Hornets shot the ball back. And that is where we saw Terry Rozier hit a fadeaway corner jumper for the win. Uh, as the Hornets took this one, like I said, 102 to 100. Uh, Scary Terry was on a mission in this one as he went for 36 points, had eight threes, uh, shot, shot from the field 12 for 19. Um, what a game. What a game from Terry Rozier. Um, you know, we we had uh, P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward finishing double figures for them as well. Um, and LaMelo Ball, ever since being inserted into the starting lineup, uh, which has been for eight games, he's been averaging 20.9 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, 6.3 assists, shooting uh, 45% from the field, 44% from three, and he's shooting 90% from the free throw line. Uh, as, of course, on January 9th, he became the youngest player in NBA history with a triple-double as well. So this Hornets team is also on pace to win their division for the first time um, in their franchise history. Uh, so we'll see if this can continue. Like I said before, they seem to love playing with each other. They seem to uh, really just ride for each other in ways that we don't often see in the NBA. Um, you know, they don't have the star power that, say, the Lakers, the Nets, the Clippers have, but they definitely have that team camaraderie. Um, you know, going to battle with these guys, and that goes a long way in any sport. So I'm really excited for the Hornets organization. It'll be cool to see if they definitely win their division. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on into Sunday, uh, Sunday night's games, um, the Nets actually took a controversial, they took a game, uh, took the game against the Clippers 112 to 108, and a very controversial ending. Um, as Kawhi got called for an offensive foul uh, at the end of the game when it was 110 to 108, uh, where he did lay the ball up, and that's you know resulted in the Nets shooting two free throws and the Clippers just having nothing to do as they lost 112 to 108 in this one. Um, Kawhi finished with 29 and 13. Um, Paul George was a leading scorer though; he had 34, seven and six, uh, but that just wasn't enough as the Nets yet again get it done. Uh, James Harden had 37 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Kyrie Irving had 28 points, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. Um, Joe Harris, um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, both had 13. Um, and this Nets team finishes their road trip um, sweeping the entire Pacific Division, uh, which includes the Warriors, the Kings, the Suns, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Of course, the Lakers, Slippers, and Suns are all in that top four of the West. Um, and the Nets weren't even playing at full strength. They didn't have Kevin Durant, man. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Um, this Nets team 
is slowly figuring it out more and more as time goes on. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to be that much more dominant when KD re-enters the lineup. Uh, so it's pretty remarkable what they did on this road trip. We'll see if they can keep that up. Um, but in uh, another game that happened on Sunday night was this Pelicans and Celtics game as the Celtics jumped out to a 24-point lead, uh, which was soon evaporated um, as the Pelicans stormed back. Uh, Jason Tatum sent the game into overtime, and then in overtime, we saw Brandon Ingram hit a clutch three. What a dagger. Um, and the Pelicans were able to erase their biggest deficit in franchise history and win this game 120-115. to 115. Um, of course, like I said, Jason Tatum was the star of this one, as always. Finished with 32 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. Jalen Brown added 25 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds. Um, and on the other side of the ball, you had Brandon Edrum, uh, probably the MVP of this game, had 33 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Zion finished with a double-double, 28-10. and 10. Lonzo Ball added 16 points. Josh Hart uh, added a double-double, playing extremely physical on Jason Tatum, 17 points, 10 rebounds. Um, but yeah, what a comeback by the Pelicans. Um, is it time for to pan it for the Celtics? Uh, we'll see as they do go home and have a few games, um, at home and, you know, try to regroup, but we'll see, um, if they can figure it out, if, if this is a problem that needs to be addressed or if they need to make some moves before the trade deadline, um, because that roster just has too much talent to be losing the games that they have been lately. Um, but yeah. In other NBA news, of course, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, after him and the Rockets agreed that he would get um, his fully guaranteed money of $2.6 million this year, uh, decided to part ways, actually, as uh, the Rockets are trying to um, get smaller as they want to be able to suit uh, Christian Wood a little bit more uh, when he does return from his injury. And that is why they are deciding to make this move now and try to get a deal done. Um, I'm not a deal. They don't even need to get a deal done. Just Lamar DeMarcus Cousins can actually, uh, sign with whoever he wants. Um, I, I don't know if that has to do with the fact that he got fully guaranteed and he is just going to be waived. Um, I think he already got waived. I don't know, but I know DeMarcus Cousins can sign with whatever he wants. And that is, uh, why the Lakers and some other bid name, organizations like the Nets, like the Clippers, like the, um, who's the other team I saw? I saw another team that they're all trying to make a run at DeMarcus, oh yeah, the Celtics as well, are trying to make a run at DeMarcus Cousins at the moment, uh, Boogie this year, definitely, um, you know, was a risk for the Rockets to take, but a risk that is, uh, definitely worth it, I mean, if DeMarcus Cousins is anything like we've seen, in the past, uh, you know, when he's had his seasons of, uh, with Sacramento, you know, 26 points a game in 20, in 2015, 27 in 2016, and then going to the Pelicans with Anthony Davis and averaging 24 and 25. And then the Warriors averaging 16 points in the games he played definitely worth the risk, uh, for the Rockets to take, um, as he at right now, currently in the season, averaging 20 minutes a game on nine points a game. Seven seven rebounds to assists. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see if, who ends up signing him and how big of a role he ends up having in that organization. I'm I'm sure that he's, uh, you know, he feels good to have been healthy for the amount of time that he has been this year. 
Um, and he, he's just excited to get another opportunity to play the game he loves. So that's all you could ask for at the end of the day. Uh, but I think that's just about going to do it today. Uh, like I said, um, this is, as always, this has been Gino Spirito on the Gino Spirito podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I uh, hope you to see you all uh, on Wednesday. Thank you so much.